Colin Horton. I'm an award-winning surveyor, part-time property investor and self-confessed entrepreneur. I believe that business is all about getting to know the people that you're dealing with and that's exactly what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We'll be having in-depth chats, asking the personal questions and ultimately getting candid. Good morning, guys. I am here with the lovely Ashley Baker, who's given up her afternoon to kind of get candid with me today. So, um, Ashley, over to you. Can you introduce yourself to my seven followers now? I now have. So, seven. Um, <laughs> wow. Well done. <laughs> We're getting it. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, I'm Ashley, as you've said. I'm the owner, the founder, designer at Bikini Deluxe, which is a premium swimwear brand. Um, I create both pre made and made-to-order swim designs. Um, yeah, and we ship kind of all over the world. So all over the UK, predominantly Oz and the US. Um, been in business since October 2019. So only about a year and a half as, you know, as it stands. But yeah, it's good. Thank you for having me on the pod today. No, do you know what? I love anyone that's taken that a punt and kind of set up their own business. And for me, that's so... Mm it's so admirable and um when i saw your kind of brand i saw it on instagram i was like jesus christ for that you've got a lot of bloody followers for a very new brand um yeah. so talk me through kind of the first 18 months how have we got to where you're mm-hmm. today and what was the driver for you wanting to do your own yeah. brand well i'll go back to kind of where it started so this time two years ago exactly i had no idea what i was going to be doing this wasn't the plan I had, I'd never made a bikini before. I'd never even touched a sewing machine this time two years ago. Um, and I was working as a PA in the city, but I was really unhappy. Like I was just in this like cycle of like jumping from job to job, never finding something I really liked to do. I kind of just done it because I fell into it. Yeah. Um, and I, I made a friend at work who just saw how unhappy I was. And he like, was encouraging me. He was like, what, you know, why don't you try and get a new job? And I was like, but I can't, I've got no like qualifications. I left school with like a very average set of GCSEs. Like I'd obviously love to work in fashion. It was just something that always interested me. Um, But I just kind of always ruled it out. I thought there's no way I can work in fashion because you need a degree to do that. Just always ruled it out. Um, And like his support, like he helped encourage me to like explore that a little bit. He's like, well, why don't you, you know, see like how can you get started on that? And I thought I'd always love like to maybe try and make somewhere. I don't know how it did, it just come to me. Um, so got a sewing machine, tried to make a bikini and it just, it, it just was perfect. Like it worked out. And I was like, I'm actually really good at this. If I do say so myself, <laughs> I, thought, I just thought I'd, I'll give it a try. Um, so then once I found what really lit me up, cause I had no hobbies at the time either. Um, so all I would do is kind of just go out and, you know, socialize at the weekend. I had no, I had nothing to really do. So I just devoted all my time to learning how to make swimwear. So every evening, every day after work, every time my lunch break, I'm just YouTubing videos, how to make swimwear, what fabric to use, what kind of thread do you need, how to identify all the things you need. Literally just Googled it and YouTubed it. And then like within six months, I just set up the business. I'd taken out a lease on the workspace and I just like threw myself in at the deep end, which was really scary. Um, and it was the biggest thing I think I'd ever done. Like I'd never had any responsibility um but I thought you know I have to break out of this cycle of jumping from job to job so let's just do it um no. yeah and it's been like a really hectic journey 
it's mad it like especially a retail industry as well it's tough like i mm. I, I would love to try it but i just don't think i have i don't be anywhere i'm nowhere near as talented and nowhere near mm. as um driven I, th- I think it's so hard to set up something from scratch create a brand and what i love about what you've done is it's an actual brand it's not mm. it's you can see that building to a massive scalable company and then yeah exit later that you could do that and i think you've done really well with that but how did you get the where'd the idea come from like the actual name i mean it's a very simple name but it's good it works yeah well obviously my surname is baker b-a-k-e-r so i kind of just took bikini and changed it to b-a-k-i-n-i like baker bikini i love it that works yeah and i think i i think it it makes sense like i toyed with a load of names and I had one name that I thought of, but it was like very girly and cute. And I thought, I don't know. I felt like if I want to grow, I don't want to like make it a really cute name that's going to appeal to just younger girls. Like I want the, the brands to grow with me. Um, but, you know, it is hard. And I think having, I think being completely naive to what it takes to build a brand in the fashion industry has helped. Because if I knew how hard it was, I might not have ever tried. But I think not not knowing and just trying and not have any distractions or anyone telling me that I can't do it. I just, I just focus and I don't know. It seems to have just worked out. Obviously, I'm still very early on in the journey. Um, obviously, it's nowhere near, you know, as big and successful as I want it to be. But it's been a really good first year and a half. Um, but I say it hasn't come without its struggles. Like it's very difficult. What's like, I do been, everything on my own. Yeah. So you said that. I was amazed when you said that to me. How? How? I don't know how you do it on your own. I can't. I I find it lonely enough, and I've got a few investors behind me, mm-hmm. and I I find it lonely as hell. Like there's times yeah, where yeah, it is. The money's better, obviously, on your own because you can enjoy the money. But um, it's I mean, yeah, that to a degree. But it's like you know, I want to keep all the money in the business at the same time. Like yeah. you know, it's. I think I'd mentioned to you previously. It's not all about me, and I think when I set up the business. I'd done it because I wanted to have a better career. I, it, was, it was kind of about me. I wanted to be successful. I wanted a better job. I wanted this. I wanted that. But it's comes to a point where it's not actually about me. Like, I need to keep that money in the business and make it about the customer. What do they want from me? You know, the business isn't going to grow if the customers aren't happy and I'm not giving them what they want. Um, so it would be well and good taking like a really high salary and having, you know, I'd rather a smart car. It'd be not, I'd like to drive a Mercedes, of course I would, you know, I'd love to live <laughs> in the city. But it's not, again, it's not about me at this point. I need to make it about the customer. And then, you know, it's especially such early, it's early on in, in the business. Um, but yeah, no, as I say, it, it has been, it has been challenging, but like even just like, I never knew how to build a website. It's like I've, I've done the whole entire website. Like I pick the fabrics, I find the fabric, like just everything. How, yeah, so how but, did you, like, where did you even start? What was the first thing you did when you, so you, you had the concept in your brain? Because there's people mm. listening to this that hopefully we may well inspire. That's the idea of all this. So yeah. someone's got an idea. Where, uh, what, what was the first mm. wheels in motion that you got moving? Sure. Well, I think the first thing that I, I feel anyone has to do if they want to set up their own business is like you need you do need to find something you're passionate about because I genuinely love swimwear. Like my whole life, especially my whole adult life, I've always been into swimwear. Like by far, my swimwear drawer at home is definitely the biggest collection of clothes I have. Um, so that has always excited, you know, you know, lit me up swimwear. So once I'd kind of decided on what it was I wanted, um, which I think is step one, find something you're passionate about. Because say if I was doing, I don't know, 
anything else that like a homeware item or an electrical item I don't know and I was trying to build a business around that I'm not really passionate about it I really do feel like you need to be passionate about the you know what what it is you're selling and I I find it hard to really to really sort of put into a list but it's really about like following your intuition like it's about common sense to me I didn't know anything when I started I didn't know what to do but I kind of just figured it out as I went along. It's like, you know, there are obvious things you need to do. Like you need to have a good product. You know, people might buy it once. And if it's not a good product, they're not going to come back. You need to work on your product. You need to obviously build an audience. Like do all the really obvious things. Um, but I say for me, Google has been priceless because that's all I've done this whole time. Really? Googled it. That's all I've done. Oh, I've never yeah. been on a course. <laughs> I've, never, I've never sought, you know, professional help. I've never spoke to anyone in the industry, which maybe I, I mean, I should and I do want to at some stage. Um, but it's been a lot of using my intuition and using Google all the way. Like there's so, there's so much free education on Google. That's how I built my business. Yeah, so you, but don't, you, don't you don't need to have. Yeah. Like I, okay. I was about to say, you don't need uni. Like I went to uni. I didn't really learn anything at uni. Like stuff you're mm. Google, Google is there to be your best friend. And yeah, like you can learn so much. And that, that's kind of how I built it. Um, <laughs> but don't get me wrong. Obviously, there's if you want to do or go into a career where a degree is required, obviously 100%. But it is, you are able to build a career without having to go to uni or have further education, you know? Was that like from a young age for you? Was it, were you driven mm-hmm. as a young star? Because I drifted in and out. I was a loser at school. I, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, if I didn't turn up to school, no one would have known kind of thing. That's the kind of person oh. I was at school. But like, you know, what was like quite quiet. Yeah, I was a quiet little soul and I wasn't really driven really. And then I just mm. know where it, it kind of came. But what, like, yeah. have you always been, is it always something you kind of dreamt mm. of having? I know you, you like, you had other jobs beforehand, but. Mm. Has it always been your mentality from a young age? It's been a bit of a difficult one, really, actually, because, like, from a young age, so I come from a family who are very, like, very quiet. They don't step outside the lines. They, I mentioned this too, but like, it's like a grin and bear it attitude. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're unhappy, you just crack on. Yeah. Um, like, I'd have jobs before. Like, I remember being, like, a teenager, early 20s, and I would hate my job so much just because it didn't make me happy. Like, I would dread getting up to go to work in the morning. And I remember my parents being like, well, no one likes their job, so you just got to get on with it. And I was like, that's not right. Like, I swear that's not right. That's awful, isn't um, it? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like, even like, as a teenager, I worked, I think I worked on reception at a gym or something, and my boss was a monster. And um, I remember, like, being really upset. I was like, I can't go in. I hate it so much. I'm miserable. Mum was like, well, just, like, you haven't got a choice. This is life. Like, get on with it. And I'm just, I just, I say, I remember thinking, no, like that, that does not sit right with me. And again, it comes to like this intuition and gut feeling going with your common sense. I was just like, no, I, I kind of grew up that way. So like, I feel like it was ingrained into me that I should just get on with it, even if I'm unhappy. And I say, it, really, up until the point where I started bikini, that was how my mentality was in every aspect um, in all parts of life. And it's been so empowering to finally realise, no, you haven't got to live your life that way. Like, if you're unhappy, you so can change it. And it, does, and it, and it has meant, like, distancing myself from a lot of people who 
aren't on the same wavelength as me because it's taken a lot of internal effort to break out of these yeah. feelings that have been almost not just ingrained into my DNA. That's how I was brought up. You know, I've got no one around me telling me that you can do it. No one, no one, no one really gets it. Um, so it's been down to me and only me to change my mentality. And it's been a job and a half. So the reason I say it has been tough is because I've had to do all of this work to change myself from the inside out and run a business. So it's a lot. But it's a business, I'm, I'm, it? Yeah. it is, but I'm just filled with passion and like drive. I know factually that I can do anything that I want to do. Um, but I am extremely driven to do it because I'm doing something that I love now. But I can imagine there are so many girls and maybe guys as well who are in jobs that they hate but think, I can't, I can't do it. I can't quit. I can't start in another, you know, another profession because I can't take a pay cut. You know, I've got no other qualifications and that's exactly how I felt. But it's so empowering to step out of that and actually follow what your desires are. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what your question even was now, but no, I, a, I mean, that's a bloody good answer, though. I mean, Jared, you're inspiring yeah. me. I mean, it's so lovely to hear that passion about stuff because it is mm. you touch on it like surrounding yourself with the right people, and mm. it is hard to find yeah. people because you have your day ones, you have your OGs who will always be your friends, yeah. But sometimes I think it can like success can bring stuff like jealousy and they'll see because you, if you look on your Instagram which I'll put all the details on the link like mm-hmm. it looks phenomenal it looks like a really established like, if you told me that began Thanks. 10 years and was owned by freaking Ann Summers or whatever I just presume <laughs> that was what it was you know so Aww, so you, you, I can see you know the importance of trying to be you know the best person you can be but have those people mm-hmm. around you and you don't I was yeah surround myself the whole point of this to be honest is to meet people that are like-minded for me yeah mentally stimulates me and allows me to have a network of people that I I aspire to be like you know so and I think that's so important like you've got to have good people around you and like sometimes I feel conscious that maybe I'm not like because my friends have you know I've gone from being the girl who was out every weekend I was the fun friend I was always out getting drunk like I was I was that friend and I've changed completely in the past year and a half like my priorities you know my time available for them has changed um all the friends around me are all settled they've all got marriages kids homes you know they've gone they've gone to that traditional way of life and I'm the only friend who isn't doing that so it does become hard to relate as you say like you'll have those friends and I do that have been there for years and years but it does become hard when nobody around you can relate yeah. So it is hard, it is a struggle, but you just have to you I have to you have to be there for yourself and be true to yourself and always you know commit and stick to those goals and know what you're aiming for because no one else around you is going to make it happen. You've got to do it. Yeah, I love that because you, you do have to rely. On you. You're the only person that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Only you knows what your next move's going to be. Mm-hmm. But only, only yeah. you. Well, no one else is. It's no. It's nobody else's job to make you happy. Yeah. You know, I think you're very much, in, you know, it's up to you to make you happy. Um, look, and I, I do, I sometimes say, I don't know if it's good or bad, but you're either going to make me rich or you're going to make me happy. And if you don't, and I don't really have much room for you, but you're going to help me grow or yeah. add to my life. But outside of that, I just don't have time for it. Is is money your driver in life? Um, it's definitely something... You can, say, you can say yes, by the way. It's absolutely no, fine. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course. It's the reason that I'm 
thinking about that answer is because, of course, you know, like I haven't done all of this work to live a mediocre life. Do you know, yeah. I don't work seven days a week to live mediocre. Um, so though it is 100%, like I do want to live an extraordinary life without a doubt, at the moment, my drive has got to be also really much leaning towards my customer. Because as I say, I'm not going to get where I, you know, I can't, I can't earn good money. I can't get where I want to be if my customer's not happy, you know? And something I've tried to do recently is I was spending a lot of time thinking about the future. Like, you know, okay, so when I have X in the bank, what am I going to do? Like, okay, how can I how can I reach this goal? How can I, you know, all of these bigger, longer-term goals. And I was like, no, right, stop, focus on the now. But like we're still in growth stage, but like we're still only a new business. Um, so yes, although I do want to, you know, earn good money and, you know, be able to live a bigger than ordinary life at the moment I'm having to focus on the short term which is making the customer happy providing products on a continuous basis that my customer are going to love that's like my primary focus so yeah so where so to go back to bikini um Mm because I'm I'm intrigued about because I for me I was found it faster I always wanted to I always wanted to clothe a brown myself but I just never had any any idea how it worked Um, yeah you're where do you where are you positioned as like a a brand where where are you Mm. are you a luxury bikini are you low end high end medium end where where, where are you sitting and how did you decide on where to place yourself sure so I actually was asked this question by someone recently that was like who is your like primary like competitor like where do you who do you sit with and what I struggle with, I don't really, I'm sure there must be, but I, I, I don't know any other brands at the moment who are doing pre-made and handmade at the price point I'm at. Um, like obviously all your big brands, they're like, a brand that I love is Frankie's Bikinis. You might not have heard of them. They're a really big US brand who sell at a similar price point, more expensive than I, but their designs are really simple and similar to mine. Um but they don't do handmade, they're only pre-made. So what we do is slow fashion, which means, you know, the materials used are ethical. They're made sustainably um, with obviously the handmade stuff, which I'm making myself. I'm making them slowly. I'm making them with love and care. Everything is custom made for you. It's a slow fashion. It's a luxury brand. Then even with the sets that I've had pre-made that I outsourced, I didn't just go to any old factory to get them done. Like I spent months finding the right factories in Europe. Um, you know, I had to find out where they get their fabrics from, how they're being made, who's making them, what conditions they're being made in, you know? Oh, wow. um, and I think a lot of fast fashion brands have this reputation of having them made as cheaply as possible, as quickly as possible. They're going to fall apart after one wash. They're like one-time wear kind of designs. And that is just not what we are. Um sometimes when I put posts out I'll get like trolls comment and be like you can get this on AliExpress for two pounds I'm like no you can't because I've physically made it um don't get me wrong like people copy so maybe they've copied me I don't know but um what we are about is high quality swimwear that you you know you can buy at a premium it's going to last you season upon season you know it's not going to fall apart after one wash it's going to remain vibrant you know upon everywhere so a question I've got for you, uh, yes. as a from like an investor's kind of point of view, how do you scale it up mm. if you're handmade? If you personally mm. handmade, if you personally are handmaking everything? Yeah. So good question. Something that I always have to consider because obviously I can't do this forever. 
like a one woman mm. show making everything so you know I want to grow like I don't I don't want this to be it like I want to continue building the business and I do often think that I, I can I can't make everything forever so it would have to be a case of you know we can introduce more and more pre-made designs into the collections um which is easy all, all, all I have to do is design it and then get it shipped out. So that's easy. With the handmade stuff, it will become a case of having to employ people who I can train to sew to the degree I want them to, or maybe with someone who has experience. I think the thing is, my designs are quite unique in the, in the way they're sewn double-layered and inside out. It's like a really unique way of sewing. So traditionally, not a lot of people would know how to sew like that. So Finding someone who knows how to sew like that is going to be difficult, but it would probably be a case of trying to find someone who I can train and employ and then just branch out from there, have a team of girls or guys who can, <laughs> yeah, who can sit and make the handmade designs. The, the handmade thing is lovely. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm thinking, mm. like, it's just quite exciting to where you're sitting as a company now. It's just it's really interesting to see, like, where you go and how you do what you mm. do. Um, in terms of get like the outs, getting the external um, factories mm-hmm. to do that, that was something that always put me off doing anything mm. because I was just scared of you know, yeah. how to approach. I mean, how did how did that come, how did the first factory thing come about? Was it a success? Was it? Yeah. Well, again, it's like when when this comes to me because I thought I, I want to test. I've only dropped one collection of pre-made because I wanted to test it. Um, and when I thought, right, let's do this. Again, I didn't know where to start. Like, I've never done this before. So I was like, let's Google it. Straight to trusty Google, start searching. So when I sort of made a shortlist of manufacturers that I thought could be good, I then booked video calls with them all. I wanted to see them. Um, a lot of them were like, because obviously it's been lockdown. The business has been in lockdown longer than it hasn't. Um, so I couldn't travel to see them. Um, I couldn't go to the factories. So I couldn't travel. It was in the middle of a, a pandemic. So... A lot of them would have me on FaceTime. They'd walk me around the factories on FaceTime. <laughs> They'd introduce me to staff and see, like, the women sitting there sewing. And it was nice to be able to see, like, where they're being sewn. Um, obviously, if the place looked like an absolute tip, would never have done it. But everyone I spoke to were really, really friendly. They was really open to help. And I was honest with them. I said, look, I've never done this before. Um, so I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And I think that's something that you should do, like don't be afraid to ask questions it doesn't matter if that you think you're going to sound stupid just ask yeah um so I'd be very transparent with them if they haven't done this before um like you know I want to see this I want to see that this is what I want from you but why should I work with you also like you know what can you provide to me there's obviously how many manufacturers out there and again it just went on my gut like I ended up going with the with the, with the people who I felt the most comfortable talking to um who obviously also could provide me like a great price, but it wasn't about getting it done cheap. It was about, because I want to feel, you know, rest assured that if I'm going to send this person in Europe X amount of money, that they're not going to then disappear yeah, off the that, face of the planet. I bet, I bet that's scary, isn't it? Yeah, like when I got the bill through, I was like, right, so I'm literally going to send thousands of pounds to this person. Let's just hope for the best. But And this is why I went with the people that made me feel the most genuinely comfortable because I really tune in to like my intuition and my gut feelings. And I think that's so important. Like your body tells you, I believe. Like, but, and, that, and again, that's why I went with the company that I felt I felt the most at ease with. So I just, and you have to trust it. So I just did. And yeah, it worked out really well. Got them all shipped over. And it, what was it? I think it was like just before Christmas, we had really bad snow. Brexit was happening the borders were getting closed off 
And I was like, this is hectic. Like, I couldn't even get them into the UK. Um, so I was having to then deal with all of this, all the customs, the imports. Brexit was happening. And I had to, all these new forms I've never even touched and seen before. I didn't know how to fill them out. Googled it, <laughs> literally. Um, I like that. Are you still with that factory now? Are, still, are, they still, are they still your suppliers now? Or have you moved on from well, I only ordered, I only ordered the one collection with them to see how it went. Yeah. Um, and since then, I've been very busy doing the next lot of handmade designs. I haven't had a chance to redesign the next lot of collection for pre-made. Um, but yeah, I'd probably use them again. I'd be, I, but I do feel like I'm interested to test another manufacturer to see a difference. Yeah. Because it was my first experience, I think it would be interesting to work with someone else to see how that compares. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say there's nothing wrong with them, but I think, yeah, I'd just be interested to try it you know, to see what they can provide me that maybe the others couldn't. So for anyone kind of thinking about doing this, you just mm. recommend asking as many questions as you possibly can to go with your gut. Yeah, definitely. As I say, like, when you don't... Well, I don't... <laughs> I don't... Um, I, there is no, I have no hand guide. I have nobody telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing. I make all my decisions and I go off my gut alone. And it's got me to where I am, which is, I feel a good position for a year and a half in um oh, God, yeah yeah. But yeah don't be yeah just i think just don't be afraid like i say i whenever i speak to somebody new in the industry i'll just be so transparent i'll be like this is my first phone call like the other day i was looking into working with like fashion marketers and when i got on the phone i was like i'm going to be honest here's my first phone call i've never spoke to a fashion marketer before so i need you to talk to me like you know you're talking to a dummy but just be like i think that in that way they're not gonna you know just be honest i don't know yeah I love that. It's endearing as well. I think someone's actually comes at you actually honestly. I think I just mm. think it's a really lovely quality. I mean, I'm guessing your main marketing is going to be the socials, Instagram, influencers, that kind of thing. Is that right? Yeah. So Instagram, we have advertised super heavy on that since day one. Um, but what kind of bugs me about that is I always like, what if Instagram just disappeared? I feel like crazier, crazier stuff has happened. Like, I don't think it's that unreasonable that maybe one, you know, Instagram could just shut down, even if it was for a period of time. I don't know. So it does bug me that I'm so heavily reliant on that. So I'm, and this is why I try to speak to like a fashion marketer agency, because I want to do things outside of Instagram to market the brand. But obviously being in lockdown doesn't help. Like I can't sponsor call yeah. parties. I can't, all the things I would love to do, I can't, but the world is kind of sort of open and it does help having an audience in Australia and the US because they are kind of opening. I was actually just about to ask you about that, actually. So you've got a global reach then with the brand. Yeah, so it's literally, my audience is like a third UK, a third US, a third Oz, pretty much very equally split, which makes it good. So all year round, we should have a good flow of orders. So in our summer, I will only target the UK and the US. And then when it comes into autumn, I'll pull off the marketing in the UK and then target Australia because it's their summer. So I just play around with the marketing at different times of year to like advertise where it's hot in the world. Um, like it's literally always summer somewhere. I love that. Oh, bear me two seconds. Actually. I just need to upgrade my Zoom account. Two seconds. I'll okay. just, uh, <laughs> uh, bear me two seconds. I'll leave the record on because it will get edited. You're doing well, by the way. You're doing well. I feel like I don't stop talking sometimes. I, no, it's good. That's what it's here. It's, I'm here. We're here to listen to you. It's not. It's not. Um, 
it's all about you today. So yeah, you, you're supposed to talk away, and it's nice. The stuff, the stuff you're saying is, uh, is it's inspiring. I think, especially the way I so. if, you, if you can inspire just one person, you've done. I've it's, yeah. done, it's, it's done its job for me. Mm. Like, and uh, I generally find this really interesting. I remember listening to a podcast. Um, there's a guy called Joseph Valentine. Valentine, or something. He was on. Um, apprentice and he had this podcast yeah he's done it for like a couple of episodes but he had that ross uh rosswick on it who does that couture club you might yeah, know yeah yeah and he spoke about how he built his brand up and i was like um i just find it fascinating i was listening to how we've done it interesting to hear from people like so i'll often listen to podcasts like connor walker who's the founder of house of cb do you know house oh, yeah. of cb nah, um, and I, I, know, it. I don't really know it know it though yeah, well, it's a women's wear brand, so I suppose you wouldn't. <laughs> um, I find her super in- like it's just interesting to hear how people get started. Oh yeah, it's it's I think it's amazing. Like, just know that what was that point in their life that made them kind of run with it? I just mm. think it's it's incredible. I don't even know how it really comes to me. I think I enjoyed making cupcakes. So I thought I listened out of it. So I would yeah make cupcakes. I'd make I made an Instagram page. Like people would give me like a colour theme or they'd give me any character, any style. I'd just Google it and then make them and sell them. And um, so I was doing that on Instagram for a bit, but I found that I didn't really care that much. Like I wasn't really into eating cupcakes. Like I was good at it, but it, just, it wasn't, it didn't excite me. So I've done it for a while. Like made and sold some cupcakes on the weekends. That was that. Then I started um, like buying and selling like cosmetic accessories. So I'd buy like eyelashes things like that from AliExpress, Alibaba, get it imported over from China, brand it up and stick it on eBay and sell it. So that was like, you know, getting me a little bit of extra income when I was working in an office. Done that for a bit, but again, I just, I, I lacked the flair. Like I was like, this is fine. Like, I earned me a bit of money, but I don't really care about it. Like, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't exciting me. Then I started a photography business, got a camera, started, yeah, like doing photography, um, like a backdrop people would come to the like to the house and I'd do shoots again didn't know how to do it just googled how to do it googled how to work a camera and done it and again what I enjoyed about that was making people feel good like I loved that people were looking at pictures and thinking they looked nice and I loved making them feel happy about themselves and I was like although I then stopped caring about photography I liked the feeling of making other people happy yeah um so I tried all these different side hustles and I was like, we get in there. And then I went on a makeup course and decided I wanted to be a makeup artist. Then started doing it. And I was like, no, this isn't it either. Like I tried so many things. Um, and then I think the turning point was I was in Marbella. <laughs> and <laughs> have you been to Marbella? You I, know, love Marbella. I love Marbella. Yeah. yeah. So I was I... at Sisu. Yep. Rest in peace, Sisu, burnt down now. Um and I bought this amazing bikini that I loved because I've always loved swimwear. So I like found the perfect bikini, loved it, felt gorgeous. And I got there and there was like four other girls that looked exactly like me, blonde hair in the same bikini. And I was like, this is annoying because I put so much effort into this yeah. outfit. And then that's what kind of starts me. I was like, no, we need like there needs to be a more unique bikini brand. Um, and that's the first time I remember thinking I'd love to have a bikini brand that was like quite unique. So everything I do, all the handmade stuff, I order a certain amount of fabric. Once it's gone, it's gone. And I can only make, depending on the size of the bikini, so many in that fabric. So it keeps it exclusive. So every design you see isn't mass produced. Not every other girl is going to be wearing that bikini at the pool party. Um, so for the girls who want something a bit more unique and want to stand out, 
you know, that's what bikini is good at. That's where we fit into the market. Because there's nothing more annoying than wearing the same outfit yeah, okay. yeah, as other it's people. Awful. Like, I know when boys wear the same swim shorts as other boys at the pool party. It's they get so much abuse. <laughs> so, yeah, because so. it's annoying, especially <laughs> when you think you look the nuts. You're like, yeah, yeah. I look good today. Especially if it's like not being horrible, but like it's like a bit of a minger and you're like, oh fuck, he's got the same thing on as me. (laughs) Well, the problem was all the girls are like blonde. They all looked exactly like me. And I was like, no, this is not okay. And that's the problem with like mass produced like products from huge brands. They knock out so many of them. Um, The chances of being, you know, caught in the same outfit as someone else is so high. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, that. So I like I mean, to retain, yeah, exclusivity of every bikini I do. I was thinking, I was just, I was, I was thinking out loud um, while you're talking about your like how you would scale up, and I was thinking if you, you could, you could still do some handmade ones, but you just charge an extra double premium mm. for like, like yeah. that's where it goes with like the personal brand. Like if you had a really good personal brand, which you do, but like as it grew, then mm. I'll, I'll actually just actually actually stitch this one personally, and then like, mm. and you can still have the handmade ones, but they're like half the price of your, of your big premiere. You know, a little signature yeah. on it. I don't know if you could do a signature. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. so many, there's so many avenues at the moment. Like I'm almost overwhelmed with ideas all the time at the minute. There's so right, many avenues. Yeah. They normally come to me at night and I struggle to sleep because I always I'm laying yeah. in bed with my eyes closed and my brain like, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Um but yeah, so many avenues I could go down, like, you know, even introducing like any accessory that could go over bikini, shoes, sunglasses, bags, towels, hair accessories, cosmetics, sun cream, lip balm, like all the things that a girl needs when they go to the beach or the pool parties. It's just endless for me. And even potentially like being a marketplace. So like 10 years down the line, like an ASOS, but specifically for everything beachwear, branch out into men's, be a stockist of multiple brands, just everything swimwear. Um yeah, but honestly, honest, there's so many ideas. But as I say, I have to just focus on trying one thing at a time. Yeah, one, um, thing, I, one thing I would say from my own personal experience is I, um, I'm, I'm Savannah, I tried my business to Savannah practice mm. and it went quite well. And then I decided to try and start up an estate agency and I was too soon into it. And I wish I hadn't done it now so soon because I wish I just kept my core kind mm. of um so that would be one one little tip is make get your make i'm sure it already is the best but make sure you're really managed. good at what yeah. yeah and then and then then split up you don't want to become i'm trying to think of a brand that like, does that that has everything but i can't but you know what i mean don't you, you no, want to make sure I've you're thought the best. about that yeah like i want to be very well known for making really really good swimwear and i think when you branch out people naturally trust you because you're so well known for having one really good yep, product, exactly but they're more, they're naturally more inclined to trust everything else. It's um, having that brand. That's why your brand's so good. That's why I like it. Cause it's a brand you can, you can recognize, you know, it looks, that's mm. it's just so important. Is that like, I think we spoke about trust pilot, didn't we? I mean, yes. did you, did yes, you we did. have you thought any more about doing trust pilot? Mm. Well, I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, are you, are you on it? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Only really like super recently, like in the past three weeks, I've gone on it. Hanging um, on. Yeah, okay. So it's trying to allocate the time to, you know, reach out to my customers. Because now going forward, my my website triggers um, it's like a month after purchase. And the reason I said it a month is because so many people are overseas, it might take a couple of weeks to get there. So my website will automatically trigger an email to ask people for reviews. But it's been a case of going back through all my old um, sales and personally asking people to do it. I think also people don't always like, I get emails from Trustpilot saying, review this and I'll just delete it. 
Um, but I'm genuinely trying to get these reviews. You've so I'll personally it, yeah. email. Yeah, I'll personally email them and be like, "Hi, this is Ashley. Um, you know, thank you so much for your purchase back in September last year. Um, I'm trying to grow the business since 2021. Like, I hope you loved your bikini. Like, would you please take literally five minutes of your time? Do this. Like, personally ask them because it matters. Um, so it comes from you nice as well. To, I think that's nice yeah. to come from you. I um, tested it actually. I tested the ones from me and the automated ones, and the ones from me get such a better response. They would oh, do, I think though, my earphones are running out actually. That's right. Well, we're nearly at the end anyway. So, okay. um, one of them still working. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, first, I want to say thank you for coming on because I've, 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 I've learned a lot today, actually. I've learned a lot about how to build a bikini brand. And, <laughs> and it's really lovely for. Don't you go setting one up? You're still yeah, on my yeah. tip. <laughs> No, so it's just lovely to hear um, someone do it who hasn't got experience in it, and it's nice to hear someone someone's story. Well, it's possible. And it is possible, and it's it's even it inspires my sisters. You know, it's something like that. I just want mm. anyone to believe they can achieve. That's really corny, but something along those lines. And it's yeah. been, you've, been, you've been lovely above, and a really nice guest to listen to. So thank you for coming on. I hope so. um, if we if where can our mm. Obviously, I'll put all the details below uh, about sure. your, you and your brand and your handles and whatnot. But if we look back, at, if you look forward to, say, five years, where would you like Bikini to be? Where would you like it? In five years? I'd like to be well-known in the swimwear industry for making really good swimwear and have a really good reputation for quality swimwear and just continue growing. Like, you know, hopefully have a team in place who can help me with the handmade stuff, have a team in place to help me with the pre-made stuff. Just having people around me um, build out a team that can help push the business up. Um, the possibilities are literally endless. Um, and I've got so much, so many exciting things in the pipeline already, like dream come true stuff that hopefully will be unfolding over the next year. Um, so just just to continue growing the business and building a really good reputation and providing products that my customers are going to love. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on. Um, you've been a wonderful guest. You. And we may well have you on again at some point. So maybe I'm going to try and do some maybe like uh, three sims are wrong work. Three sims are wrong work, but have three people on the on the in, uh, interview and just have a little chat and like maybe people yeah. in similar sectors and just... Yeah, for sure. So thank you so much. And um, no, thank you for having me.